Hello and welcome to Move the Line Prop Drop Show. Ryan Noonan back for Super Wild Card Weekend to talk about the best way and the most profitable way to bet on NFL football. And that's player props live here, 2 p.m. Eastern every Friday, all the way through the Super Bowl, giving you our favorite props and taking your questions. So if you're hanging out with us now live on YouTube, we appreciate it. Subscribe so you don't miss a show. Smash that like button uh, and jump in the chat. Let us know what your favorite look is for the Wild Card Weekend. Very different show than the last couple of weeks where you know, we were talking pre-show. We just had a lot of guesses, look, likes, things that we were speculating on uh, coming into the market. And uh, it's been a pretty fruitful week so far. They got into some of the markets pretty early. And uh, not everything's out there, but a lot is out there. And hopefully we can give you some a lot of plays this week. So uh, joining me here as always, fresh off of, have you gone to identify your car yet? Because Connor Allen, they found your car. I know it's breaking news. The people are waiting on the edge of their seats, you know, about this whole fiasco. For those who don't know, my car was stolen last week and I thought it was not going to be lost forever. I get a letter in the mail uh, today from the pound. I did not get a call from the police from the pound saying, hey, we have your car. I call them. I'm like, hey, you know, is my car there? Like, why didn't the police call me? You know, are they doing their jobs? You know, essentially not. They just towed it put it there and said, whatever, they've had it for like a week. I did never even knew. So I got this letter in the mail, like literally snail mail alerted me that my car was there. So now it's a whole disaster because I had to get the insurance to go out there and like check it because who knows what happened in the actual car. I don't even want to look at it. So the good news is, as I told you on the other show, my golf clubs are in there. So now they gave me some money to buy new ones, which is much, much needed considering I was playing with actual woods for wood. Not a lie, Pat. Uh, Connor is playing with uh, just literally woods, um, and it's been uh, a super tough scene. And that was the exciting part of the car getting stolen. It was like, all right, we're going to parlay this into actually Connor upgrading his equipment and getting out there a little bit more. But uh, obviously here as well in the spot is always the man from the Mayo, Mayo Media Network, Pat Mayo Experience. It's Pat Mayo. Hi. I, I, I have one prop I really like this week, which means you know it's going to lose. <laughs> how it always works uh but yeah full full slate here so really really excited about uh you know all that we can get into connor reference real quick so just so you know two episodes of move the line each week both here on youtube both in podcast form game previews on wednesday night connor john daigle and myself uh around 7 30 eastern every wednesday if you subscribe to the youtube channel you get notifications for that along with all the all the other great four for four youtube content uh still rolling into you know uh underdog drafts ffpc stuff um covering other sports there as well and that actually lets you know the great time too 19 dollars, 19 dollars uh for a betting subscription at four for four from now through the end of february so you're not getting a lot right it's typically 240 dollars for the full season you're just getting a little taste but 19 dollars gets you uh, access to everything on the site the discord which again that is more than 19 dollars for a week in, in, in my opinion uh, but we're still covering MMA, college hoops, NBA. Um, if you're in, in any of the Pick'em sites, uh, we have specific channels and posted plays there as well. Uh, we're still covering DFS. Uh, John Daigle, TJ Hernandez providing all the DFS content uh, in there as well. So again, $19.44.com slash plans to check it out again through the end of February. All right, gentlemen, live lines, things that people can tell while they watch and uh, hang out. Again, if you're hanging out, get in the chat. Connor, you can get us started. First play, Super Wild Card Weekend. Yeah, first play, I'm going to roll with Evan Ingram under four and a half receptions. Uh, you can play this up to minus 130. She's gone under this number in the majority of games this season already. Uh, 
but now runs into the Chargers. He only had one catch on three targets last time uh, to them, and that was with Trevor Lawrence throwing the ball 39 times. I think this is because uh, safety Derwin James is capable of shutting down some of the best weapons or at least kind of slowing them down when he wants to. Uh, only three tight ends have gone over four receptions all season against the Chargers. That was Travis Kelsey and David Njoku. They held George Kittle to one reception, Evan Ingram himself, Kyle Pitts, if that counts, you know, to two receptions. Um, on top of all this, I expect the Jaguars to skew a bit run heavier given the matchup and have a little bit less overall play volume against this Chargers team than they did last time where they had just insane play volume because the Chargers couldn't sustain any drives. So I, I do expect a little bit less volume, a little bit more run heavy um and just less overall volume to a guy like ingram so give me the under on his four and a half receptions pat where are you at on that uh passing game i don't know and that's the that's been the jags offense is the hardest thing for me to figure out this week how do i want to attack it i want to attack it with one over somewhere and a bunch of unders and it really does seem like and i know that the quality of opposition that they've played over the past month and a half hasn't been very good at the quarterback position the chargers defense has just markedly improved over the past two months from where it was when these two teams played hell back in week three it's way better since it was in week 10 once they started to get all of their guys back they can generate pressure again as connor mentioned derwin james is back and kind of take out any tight end the issue with Ingram in this spot is, is Derwin James going to be the one who's on him? Like he's essentially a slot receiver. He's not really a tight end. Like maybe he's used to, I, I don't know, maybe to try to shut down the run because that's the one part of the Chargers offense that hasn't improved is their rushing defense or pass defense through the roof. They ETN should be able to run all over them. So I like the under of four and a half. That's a big number to get to in a playoff game. The only issue I would have is if Bosa is a hundred percent and this pass rush is really good. We know that the offensive line of the Jags is pretty banged up. The sustained pressure from the Chargers should be able to get through. Does that just lead everyone to a lot of underneath routes? Which, to my mind, is, I mean, you can say Christian Kirk. I don't believe that to be so much the case. That's more Zay Jones, Evan Ingram in my mind. So that would be my one hesitation on the Ingram under. I think we see a lot of underneath routes on both sides in this game, especially now with the, the Mike Williams news. But, uh, yeah, actually, you know, having, again, I – my brain is broken. I watch football very differently than I did, say, three months ago. Durin James doesn't do that often. Uh, it would be matchup specific. Um, he basically is like a, a third linebacker uh, oftentimes. So they can do that with him. They will do that with him uh, against the likes of a Travis Kelsey. Uh, is very specific matchup because that's kind of someone that you game plan to shut down. But again, like to Pat's point, the secondary is in the defense in general is markedly improved. So I... I think finding unders here makes a lot of sense and i think evan ingram is a, is a good spot too i like the price and so yeah i, I didn't tail but i like the play uh, i could see it getting there how about you pat what's the first one for you number one for me a prop which has hit in eight of nine games so far this season trenton is this the irwin. one this what's is the that? one you is this the one that you really like that's going to go under yeah gonna miss? Okay. trenton irwin over five and a half receiving yards doesn't that seem way too low it does uh, I, didn't know. He, I, I have really no more color to it than that. Than if right. he catches a pass, we're there. I'm surprised he's even lined, to be honest. He is. Uh, I mean, in the past, hell, three of the. Let's just see. I said he's he's covered this number in eight of nine games so far this season. And if he doesn't play, then you know it's a push. So who cares? Um, I mean, he, sometimes he only sees one target. His worst game of the year was against the Bucks. One catch for five yards. That would be devastating in this spot. But outside of that, one for 12 last week, three for 45 the week before that, two for 58 the week before that. They just keep 
basically everything they wanted to do with Hayden Hurst. I know that Hayden Hurst was injured over this time, but he was back last week that he just runs like this seam route down the middle, or they use him at the sticks. Those are the two routes that he runs. He's going to get his two to three targets. He catches one, you hit the, you win the bet. So I'm in. Yeah. You've seen uh, some fluctuation in, uh, in route participation of late, but again, like we've seen, 24%, 47%, 22%. So again, like he's not going to be out there a ton, but when you're, you know, he's out there. It's like, it's just the only player you're going to watch when he's out there. It's like, throw it to him now, throw it to him now. Cause it's probably limited snaps. But uh, I think these are where some of the edges are still. It, it's been a harder year for traditional props. Connor and I have talked about this a lot offline. Uh, it's been sharper. I still think when you find some of these edges and you know, we've done it a lot here in the show and it Pat's done it a ton with like crappy tight ends. Yeah, um, Tommy Tremble, Ian Thomas, Juwan Johnson. Like, there's been a slew of them all year. They're posted at, like, 11 and a half. Like, just make a catch and you're good. Yeah, whereas, like, you're, the lines are so much sharper on, like, the elite players. They're more, vo- like, the volume bet into those players is sharper, too, so that, you know, books can even manipulate and fix lines to be better as the week progresses. So I still think that there is you're probably your best edge is still in these kind of, like, off-market guys. So Connor, any, any Irwin takes here? Yeah, he's one of those guys who you look up every game and you're like, oh, yeah, he caught another pass. It's just like one of those things, like one, once or twice a game, you're like, oh, it makes sense. You know, so yeah, five and a half. It's a good number there. We had a question who uh, plays for plays for the Bengals. So, um, you know, if uh, curious there, can always, always Google. And we do get a lot of questions on which teams players play for. And I always find that pretty funny. But um, hey, I get it. Yeah, I get in the habit of just posting, even if it's Josh Allen, um, I put the team abbreviation next to uh to it just to make be safe because you never know people just want to can I, can I throw one out here because i haven't seen it maybe you guys have because yeah. i'm just looking at DraftKings sportsbook in 365 and i don't see it there do you see any receiving prop numbers on ray ray mcleod Ooh, i think we did let me see he's on prize picks yeah he's he's uh half a yard yeah i like the over but <laughs> yeah half a yard minus 105 DraftKings plus 100 on mgm yeah, and past five games, I mean, that's without Debo out, so his route participation would be a little bit higher with Debo out of the lineup. But, you know, he's had at least double digits in four of his past five games, and the one he didn't was the Washington game. He had one target, didn't catch it. That was the end of it. I mean, that's all, that's happened a bunch of times this year. It happened against Washington. It happened against Arizona. It happened against Atlanta. Other than that, like, he's been over this number in almost every game this season. Three games this season, he hasn't been over that number. Hmm. I love I love this just complete ancillary pieces uh, way to start the show uh, over on a half a yard for a receiver to start. Uh, just absolute fire. Pat. Yeah, I'm, so, put, I'm putting in my prize picks now. Ray, Ray, it. Ray McLeod over 0.5 yards, wherever the hell that is more and uh, get some Trenton Irwin in my life. They offer that one. Oh yeah. Five and a half yards. There we go. 200 to win 600. Let's have it. Uh, James is asking in the chat, where can we play some of these prop bets? We're talking about all the domestics. Um, you can't talk about offshores. Maybe you have access to offshores or, you know, uh, whatever, you know, PPHs that you like. We also can talk about, you might see some of these if you're in a, a non-legal states, California, Texas, um, wherever else you could be, that these might be on prize picks or they might be on Vivid or um, Underdog, whatever you want to do. If you need uh, links for that too, you can hit us up in the chat. We can get you links to get started on those sites as well. The pickup sites, you got to parlay them. That's kind of the that's piece the rub. that they have there. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the rub. But that's okay. Like that, you can still make EV decisions, and sometimes you'll have a, a number that's like on a book minus one fifty, and the same line is hung over at you know price picks. 
Um, so it kind of will, I think, alleviate some of that a little bit. Yeah, and they they consistently post bad lines. I posted it last week. We had a massive win. Uh, I, they were posting. Thank Did you. Did you bet that? Yeah, I, I saw you tweet it. I was like, oh fuck yeah, let's go. <laughs> Hell yeah! Kirk, you got to sweat the Kirk Cousins one a little bit. Kirk Cousins made you, you work a little bit for that one because he almost went over in the first half. Yeah, but yeah, still. I played the four play with it. I won like fuck, four grand, or I won forty five hundred bucks. I think. Let's so go. Let's go. Yeah, no problem. It was actually Paulson messaged me and was like, wow, I don't really think the Vikings are going to play much. He used his free entry on it. I'm like, Paulson, this is hammer time, bro. Like, this is like, they're not going to play. Like, they might play a little bit like the first half, but like these lines are set like it's a full game. So even if you lose, like this is a plus EV bet. Like you make this bet 10 out of 10 times. But anyways, point is prize picks listed Vikings players. No domestic had it. No one else had it. So those were great unders. Um, They consistently post stuff that's nowhere else and they post stuff early. So a lot of stuff to take advantage of there, even if you're getting a little bit hacked with the price. Uh, I will say Ray Ray McLeod plus one Oh five. I'm going to make, I'm going to step on your first one Noonan, just cause I found it right now. Ray Ray McLeod will be my second play over five yards plus one Oh five on bet three sixty five. Yeah. I think the juice piece too. Like I find that a lot in, in the way that, so the tackle market's a little bit different because like the bands of which a, a tackle number can fall within is a little bit more compressed. So you'll see lines open at like minus 150 um, at times, because obviously uh, it's just the narrow outcomes, but you can go and get that same number at a, at a pick'em site. And it's like, sometimes I'll choose to not actually bet that one outright because I don't want to lay the wood and I'll just add it to, you know, a, a price fix bet or something like that. So there's different ways to go about it. And uh, all right. First one for me is still available. Posted it the other day for subscribers at four for four. It's up a little bit. Josh Allen, I'm still going to take it 50 and a half rushing yards. Um, I think basically across the board, still available, um, you know, varying juice, but still like the play. Checks a lot of boxes. We see a spike in rushing yards for quarterbacks during the playoffs. That's been kind of a narrative that Connor and I have talked about for the, you know, five years we've been doing this together. And actually our own TJ Hernandez, who does our DFS stuff, did some work on this last season. 28 quarterbacks dating back to 2000 that average at least 30 yards per game in the regular season. So these guys are naturally already predisposed to running a little bit. Those 28 quarterbacks average six and a half more yards per game during the playoffs. So thesis is pretty simple games that matter more. You get an athletic quarterback who already runs a little bit more. They're more apt to extend plays and drives um, and just get out of the, the pocket. And we see a ton of design runs for Josh Allen Anyway, his actually his attempt number here is like juiced at like eight and a half, even nine and a half in some spots. So we're getting nine carries from Josh Allen here. Feel really good about 50 yards. And then also Miami is the other that checks the other boxes that we've liked this season on rushing quarterbacks. High man to man rate and they blitz a ton. Um, They are seventh in man to man rate. They are second in blitz rate. They blitzed 55 percent of Josh Allen's drawbacks in week 16. It's an insane rate. Um, they must've thought there was an edge there very different than what they did in week three, even though they are a high blitz rate team and Miami is allowed the second most quarterback rushing yards in the league this season, only trailing the lions. So we've seen this in Josh Allen's short career. Um, he's gone over 54 yards in five of six playoff games in his career, 92, 86. I just, you know, even if this game gets out of hand, I think there's enough design runs. I still think Miami tries to bring pressure. Allen, you know, ducks out. And I think he taught this in one run last time they played in week 16. So Josh Allen over 50 and a half rushing yards. Connor, are you with me? 
I like it. My only concern is that Skylar Thompson is so bad. Yeah. They, he can still get there in the first half. I'm just like worried that he gets like, you know, does really well in the first half and they hand the ball off 30 times or whatever. But I mean, they never do that though. I know. They never, I, ever, ever do A little that. bit more this year though than, than For previous sure. years. Um, yeah. But yeah, I know. It's just like, I just have like PTSD from watching Skylar Thompson enough that like I'm worried that they're not going to move the ball at all. And so uh, that's my only concern. But otherwise, every other thing says it's a fantastic play, and I think it's a good look. Pat, any thoughts to the quarterback rushing narrative? I had it with you. I was looking at him and Daniel Jones and Tyler Huntley. So they're real. Yeah, I think Gino's another one in that. Gino probably falls under the threshold of quarterbacks that average 30 rushing yards. I actually want to ask TJ maybe an offseason project for him to kind of maybe lower the bar of average rushing yards per game and see kind of where that falls in the play. I think Gino's probably right around 15, 16. That's pretty much where he's lined every week. Um, I think that could be a spot for him too. All right, Connor, back to you, number two. Yeah, my second one is going to be Elijah Mitchell overs. Uh, this is looking at 39 and a half at this point. Um, I absolutely love it. Niners right now, nine and a half, 10 point favorites against the Seahawks. Going to be a ton of rain. Seahawks run defense has just been getting wrecked as absolute, like as of late. Um, and in terms of Mitchell versus CMC, you know, I think there's some concern like, oh, see, oh, Mitchell won't even play until it's a blowout or anything like that. I don't think that's really true. I mean, the four games we've seen with Christian McCaffrey, he's outrushed him in every single one. Uh, and he's outcarried him in the first two, then came off injured reserve last week and was outcarried 15 to five and did not play at all once the game was a blowout. It was uh, Jordan Mason who came in. So I think he's a pretty heavy part of their initial game plan. It'll obviously be Christian McCaffrey starting. You might be able to get a better number live, but I still think you're in this spot like, Elijah Mitchell has shown enough explosiveness in a great matchup. Like I could see him easily getting 10 plus carries in this spot. Um, like we've seen before. So I think that you can not only play the over 39 and a half rushing yards, but I played a bunch of same game parlays with, you know, Mitchell 60 plus, um, you know, Mitchell, um, you know, even like, you know, 70 plus and a touchdown stuff like that on MGM is available. Uh, and you're able to get like plus 500 plus 600 on those. Um, Sam C's bringing up that the rain might not happen. I mean, I don't even really care that much about the rain. I mean, that's just a throw in that, you know, maybe they'll skew even more run heavy, but I do expect the Niners just to come out and run the ball a ton against this uh, Seattle defense. Love it. I took it too. Pat, any uh, thoughts on this running game? I'm in. Yeah. There's so many reasons that it makes a ton of sense. Yeah. Unless the Seahawks get frisky here, which I don't think they would do until late. So I'm not too concerned about it. Right. Yeah, I, I don't know how to really describe the subscribers, like how deep you need to be in on this, but I think it's a really good play. Like, I don't know, or like, you know, whether it's alts, whether it's same game parlays, I just think that maybe add an extra half unit sprinkling on some upside outcomes of, you know, 50 plus or 60 plus at this point. Because, I mean, there's plenty of chances here where he rips a big one or he gets like 10 to 15 carries. At that point, he doesn't even need a big one. He can get there anyway, so. Well, let me try to build this out. Just uh, I always like this exercise, and the fact that I've been doing it live on the show, I think I've won two of the three weeks doing it, building up these same game parlays, which is <laughs> always it. a lot of fun. Uh, let's see. Yeah, over 50 rushing yards is plus 175, so let's take that. And what else can we go to? Attempts. They're not offering him for attempts, so that's no longer good. Uh, receiving props, you know, where I'm going to check my guy Ray Ray McLeod onto there. If you go, yeah, throw him on there. Ray, Ray Ray McLeod over half a yard receiving, and Elijah Mitchell 50 or more rushing yards is plus 450. Ooh, yeah, see, that's already nice and fat. You know, that's like, I mean, that, and when yeah, I get greedy and add Colby Parkinson to it, you know, we're good to go. <laughs> 
Uh, that's awesome. I think yeah, I think he's live for a touchdown. I don't normally bet anytime touchdown props, but that might be on there too. Uh, that's a fun one. But um, I mean, again, it's a little bit more plus two eighty for an anytime touchdown. Wow, that's I mean, it seems aggressive. Yeah, that's actually not a bad look. I mean, it was right around that last week too. It was like, I thought like fifty yards and a touchdown for Elijah Mitchell only is plus five twenty five. If we add in uh, um, Ray 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 McLeod, hold on, I got a scroll <laughs> here. So, I, I mean, I, I'm going to play – if you just go just pure yardage, 50 yards over a half yard and Parkinson over 18 and a half, it's 10 to 1. Ooh, I like that. And then once we keep that and reuse those selections, and then we add the anytime touchdown to it, I bet you it pays like 25 to 1 or something like that. That would be my, that would be yeah. my guess. Where's stupid anytime touchdown at? Touchdown score, Elijah Mitchell, anytime. Maybe. What about what about oh 25 to 1? Even better. Ooh. Getting That's spicy hot. out there now. Getting spicy. Oh, a free free 20 bet credit? Let's have it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. It's awesome. And then I can parlay that same game parlay with the you know, <laughs> one that I want to play with like Trent and Irwin and whoo. We're to the moon now. All it takes is one play. You'll be live literally the whole game because all you're betting on these guys is like a one play thing. So like you'll never be dead literally until the end of the game. And they'll go over four. That's Maybe. how it works. Yeah, probably. But it's okay. It's, a couple of these, it pays for the, uh, yeah, I want to ask you, it pays for those uh, those cryogenic freezer visits I saw that you took. Uh, oh, you, you saw it. Have you been to a cryo chamber? I have not. Yesterday was my first day in a cryo chamber. How was that? Uh, well, I have, I tore, I, I, I mean, I've probably said this a million times, but I tore my calf not too long ago. Uh, so I've torn it twice in the past two and a half years, all from running outside. So now I just don't run outside anymore. I run on a treadmill. Either way, it really caused like an imbalance in both my legs. So like my right glute became really, really weak and it's led to like hip flexor, like just my general inactivity because I sit down at a desk all day. It shortened my hip flexors and just really made an imbalance on my right hip. So my right hip has just been really sore. And with the amount of golf that I played last year for the first time in like 20 years that it just really took a, like it hurts when I wake up in the morning. And so I've been working on that, like rehabbing it, doing every sort of like exercise stretch and it's getting better and it's getting stronger. I went to the cryo thing yesterday and it's just like gone. That's that's incredible. Yeah, like, it, it essentially zaps every bit of inflammation out of your body. Yeah, I'm a big fan of. Uh, well, she's kind of a weirdo. It's uh, Dave Asprey. He's the uh, bulletproof coffee guy. Um, if you've ever heard of bulletproof coffee, people think of it as like putting butter in your coffee. It's not actually just putting like butter in your coffee. There's a lot of other pieces to it, but uh, he's just kind of like a life hack guy, and he's. So I'm at a, a work event years ago and read a couple of uh, Asprey's books and he's been like really big on like the cold shower thing for years. I know that's like taken off and like the, you know, these same things where you, you know, jump in the, in the cold and, and blast all that stuff and all the good benefits. So yeah, I'm definitely open to those life hacks, especially as we get older and things start to decay, even if we are moving, um, it just doesn't happen now. Like, like it used to. So yeah, no, hundred percent. Like the big thing about it is like, uh, I, I don't like cold showers. I don't like, Oh, it's a miserable experience. Polar bear plunges. Like it sucks. This is three minutes and you don't get wet. <laughs> yeah. You can sell me on that for sure. That's way better. The polar plunge stuff is crazy. I've done one of those before and I got offered to do another one this year. And I was like, absolutely not. I was like, I'll rather just donate the money. Like whatever, you know, like I'll, I'll pay the money and not do the plunge. That's fine. <laughs> 
Yeah. The cold shower thing is great. I think from a health benefit standpoint, you just kind of like progressively just kind of slowly at the end of your shower, dip it down a little bit and, you know, just see how long you can stand and do a little bit more the next time. And uh, I think that there are health benefits to it as well. I, I went on a golf trip last March. I'm going again this March. I went to hit balls like two weeks before, because obviously I live in Chicago. I can't golf through the winter. I was embarrassingly sore after hitting a bucket of balls, after just taking a couple months off. I was still sore on the flight to uh, Myrtle Beach, to Hilton Head, and I, I'm, I can't let that happen. So I'm trying to find ways to get ahead of it because I'm not going to go and show up to a golf um, trip and be sore before it even starts. Cause uh, yeah, I'm old and it sucks. So I'm open. I think I just heard my child fall down. I have to go check on him. I will be back in 30 seconds. <laughs> yes. Do that. Priorities for sure. My yeah. child has been making uh, many appearances on shows uh, of late. <laughs> so I understand that a lot of composure oh. there for Pat, considering his child might be just laying on the floor when he turns the corner. So Pat's a pro's pro. So pro's makes pro. sense. All right, he already gave us his second anyway, so he uh, is fine to be skipped. He gave us the Ray Ray McLeod play as an official play. Love Pat leaning into this uh, just off-brand 10% <laughs> snap receiver niche that he seems to have found here. So I'm going to double dip here since we got time. I'm going to give you two tackles from the same team because um, some of it, the analysis is the same. And these numbers are – you just should take these. I, I, again, the MGM, if you can, because the MGM numbers are off market for two Baltimore Ravens. We'll start first with Marcus Williams, safety for the Ravens. He is available on MGM right now at minus 110. I uh, just moved from minus 105. Uh, still an absolute hammer play. Um, over four and a half tackles and assists for Marcus Williams. One of the best safeties in the league. It was a great acquisition for them. He got hurt, actually, in the week five matchup against Cincinnati. Hurt his wrist, was out for two months. Uh, it's come back and he's he's healthy. We're a few weeks in, um, you know. And again, I think a wrist injury impacts too. When you first come back, you're probably a little reluctant. He had like a slow game, but then has been just kind of taken off. Um, last time they played last week, week 18, seven tackles in that game. He's top four and a half in seven of the nine games that he's played in full the season. He has games of 12, 10. So he has a ceiling. If you actually happen to play on Bet365 where Pat does, Marcus Williams is a outstanding ladder opportunity because he does have ceiling um, and the matchup is terrific too. Play volume on the Bengals side is really nice. I have conservative play volume here for Marcus Williams and I have him about six and a half tackles, a little shy of six and a half. So four and a half at minus 105 on MGM, a great line. Again, it's, it's a little bit different out there in Caesars. I think DraftKings has fallen back a little bit too. Favorable scorekeeper matchup for the Ravens here. Uh, visitors are averaging 26.2 assists per game in Cincinnati this season. That's 10.5 more than the home team, 4.5 more than league average. Um, so that actually is pretty sticky at this time of the year. We've had you know nine home games. This is like a rolling three-year average as well. So like this is not just kind of a blimp. This is a thing for some reason. They don't want to give the visiting team credit for a full tackle and dudes just get assists. Um, so. Again, I have a pretty conservative number in snaps here, and I like Williams. I'm going to go with this teammate, too. I'm going to give you the double dip. Roquan Smith, over nine and a half tackles and assists. Same scorekeeper data. Uh, the other edge here is opposing linebackers at the team level are averaging 23.4 tackles and assists per game against the Bengals. Third highest mark in the league. 
again, they run a ton of plays and they actually run some low A dot stuff too. And we saw last week they played this same team, 16 tackles for Roquan Smith. He has 11 or more in four of the past six games playing really good football. And then you have also the ability here for potential negative game script here. That's going to help. It's just, you know, maybe a higher run rate in the second half opposing linebacker who's on the field for every snap. Nine and a half is a high number, but again, Roquan can do this. He's one of the best in the league. So MGM is plus 100 on this, which is way off market. Like Rivers, Caesars, DK, they're all kind of in that like 130 to 150 range. So MGM is, is off market here on your two Ravens. So those are two for me that fills in for, for Pat. Is, is your son okay? He's fine. And you saying that gives me a perfect same game parlay piece with Trent Irwin. See, I don't think they let you get tackles in there. Yeah, no, they, I just played it. Oh, did they? <laughs> That's new. That's new. They have not. I've tried to do this multiple times. So that is Marcus Williams over four and a half tackles and assists. Trent Irwin over five and a half yards. Maybe he can tackle him on Trent Irwin's catch. That would be great. I can't even uh, tell you how amazing that is. Like that, pays like plus, a, that pays plus 260. Add, you got to add Roquan Smith in there too. No, I didn't. I, I, I'm not getting greedy with that. I just okay. had these two same game parlays that I then parlayed together. So Williams and Irwin with Ray Ray and Elijah Mitchell, just as standard over 38 and a half that pays 13 to one. And then I can reuse that and go to, am I up again? Cause I have my third one. No, it's back to Connor. No, I like where you're okay, going. No, save. keep, keep rolling. Are you okay? Okay. You want to save it? I mean, you can keep rolling. I feel like you're, you're building some good stuff right yeah, now. The we'll listeners we'll, are probably, we'll, we'll go out of order. You're good. Go for it. I, it's Tony Pollard rushing yards over 47 and a half. Like, what are we doing here? Like, I haven't projected 89. Carries for Mr. Tony. Hunky Tony Pollard. What do we got here? Rushing yards for Tony Pollard. Most on the slate. Second most on the slate. Second most on the slate behind Barkley. 16 for 85. Love it. 47 and a half. It's the same as Zeke's. I like uh, I like your conviction. That's a big number. Former Chicago or uh, future Chicago Bear, Tony Pollard. Putting that out there in the ether. Lean future into the Chicago run. Bear, yep. you think? Just going to just lean into that run game. Yeah, I think it's, you know, save money. Like, they need to just get a, a dynamic back. Montgomery's gone. You know, it's not going to – you don't have to spend as much as you do on Saquon or something like that. They just become, like, you know, a better version of the, the Falcons or, you know uh, – Ravens without a good defense. They're going to draft uh, by John Robinson 101. Oh, man. You imagine? <laughs> I'm, I am really excited to watch how they mess it up. Because so far, I have not been a fan of most of Poles' moves so far, especially the Chase Claypool one is brutal. Trading away Roquan made sense from like a cap standpoint. We had to pay him. I mean, now he's what highest paid linebacker uh, in the league or one of them. So it's, you know, I mean, I get definitely not paying him that. But, um, I mean, they have no good players. So we'll see what happens. I legit think I've spent $700 since I've come on the show. <laughs> love it yeah i mean i'm gonna bet some real real bad football players uh this weekend now because uh because of you but i respect it i like this angle i like just this niche niche stuff One, all right two that's three four five six i don't know it's like 970 dollars so far <laughs> so i need to hit a few of these or we're toast let's hit someone uh all right uh pat that was three for pat we'll go back to you connor third for you 
Uh, my third one here, I like Kenneth Walker under 60 and a half rushing yards. Really, my only concern here is volume. But the last time these teams met in week 15 in San Francisco, Walker's line closed below 50 yards. It was like 49 and a half. He wound up with 47 rushing yards on 12 carries. I think the current line, which is at 60, is kind of being impacted by recency bias. Two big games over in wins over the Jets, the Rams. Then they played against the, uh, the Chiefs middling run defense. Niners, much different beast. Second in run defense DVOA, allowing 3.29 yards per carry to opposing running backs. And in the four losses the Seahawks have had this year, um, Kenneth Walker has 10 carries for 17 yards, 14 carries for 26 yards, 12 carries for 47 against the Niners, as I mentioned. And then the massive game against the Chiefs where the Seahawks decided to give him the ball 26 times despite losing, you know, the majority of the game. So I think this match was kind of nearly identical to their previous game. I think even more risk of a blowout, though, with Debo healthy, with Elijah Mitchell back. Uh, spreads 10 points. So, I mean, I think Walker like needs 20 carries to get here. Um, if he doesn't get 20 carries, like he's probably not going to get there. So I think with block concerns, the under is a solid look. Bad news for Pat. We're about to build another same game parlay. Cause now we have Ray, Ray McLeod. We've got, I, little... I here's, I, I have done better this year. Like I agree with Connor on the assessment and I agree with him on the play in general. I mean, everything I've taken so far isn't over, which means it can't win. So, I don't like betting unders against guys like this because I see the spot. I see how it all logically makes sense. And, oh, Kenneth Walker busted a run for 55 yards. It's like, oh, great. Here, here we go. There's a few players in the league that just I don't like betting unders against because they can get there in one shot. And he's one of them. This is Daigle's handicap as well, Connor, right? Basically, is yeah, he's a he's a one-play guy where he can, he can blow it up even though you can basically get one and a half yards per carry for the rest of the carries. Uh, he's got that potential. So yeah, he he's in that like Derrick Henry, Nick Chubb zone. Yeah, yeah, they're hard unders. Yeah, I get it though. Like you know, to Connor's point, if you feel like you have an edge in like long term, you know, you have to make that bet. Can't make that bet in a vacuum. You have to think long term. Do I feel like I'm on the right side? Do I think the process is right? Because otherwise, you 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 never pull the trigger on some of these things because you can always talk yourself out of it. So yeah, there definitely are outs for sure. But um, you know, I think you got the right number because it moved pretty significantly as soon as you fired at it so yeah you're seeing some 59s now on the board i think we got 63 originally but yes i think 60 is still fine but I, yeah definitely that's the risk you'll be holding your breath you literally the entire game oh now see i made a critical error here in noonan i was basing all my bets off the fact that i was currently inside the top five in the giant five dollar in golf and uh, now i'm not so i don't have any money left <laughs> i borrow some here's the good news it's only friday that's you got true. Two more, you got two more rounds. I, and I need Hideki to make the cut. So uh, I need him to start playing a little bit better. Let's go, Hideki. All right. So you don't want to same game parlay with Connor's Kenneth Walker. I'm going to give you a tackle because now we can do this. Uh, we're going to go in the same game there with Cody Barton. Over eight and a half tackles and assists. Uh, this is like minus 120, uh, minus 130 out there. Pretty readily available. Caesars, Rivers, DraftKings, MGM. Um, great spot for linebackers against the Niners. They're averaging a league high 23.5 tackles and assists per game. Again, these are teams that play each other a lot with two games a season. Uh, Barton at the time was not an every down player. He was uh, basically playing like 80, 83% of the snaps um, in those two games. Still, even as a part-time player, 11 and 10 tackles in the two games against the Niners. They're, Main primary linebacker, Jordan Brooks, uh, tore his ACL and a couple other ligaments two weeks ago. So now Barton is an every-down linebacker, played 100% of the snaps last week. So now we have his playing time going up as well. And then also, scorekeeper-wise, 
favorable for the visitors in San Francisco as well. Uh, visitors seeing 4.2 more assists per game than league average. Similar to the Roquan Smith situation, we have pretty likely negative game script in the second half, which probably leads to you know a ton of rushing. Again, you want to you know tie this into Elijah Mitchell. Uh, I think that those correlate pretty well here. Cody Barton over eight and a half tackles and assists. Minus one fifteen at bet three six five. There you go. Yeah. So again, like when you get a little bit higher up there, three six five is again they're. They have this ladder opportunity where you can do alts. You can't do that in any other books. It's a little bit harder when you get into the bigger numbers because you can't ladder as high because you're already at eight and a half. But, man, you got a guy like a Marcus Williams who's flashed 10, 12 tackle upside. Uh, when he's lined at four and a half, you can start to get into like – I think he's like – I saw at nine tackles, he's like 15 to one. I mean, that's Who, who was it? Marcus Williams who we did earlier. Oh, yeah. Like if you want to get on Cody Barton, you can do – 10 or more at plus 150. That doesn't seem great. No, no, it's great. So good spot. Again, 11 and 10 in this, in the matchup and uh, the every down stuff, I think is uh, a nice spike. So I think he's 10th in the league in tackles on the year too. So pretty, pretty good. All right. We are through three each. It's actually even more. We got a little bit more in there for you, but if you're hanging out in the chat, jump in, let us know something that you want us to, to talk about at the end. We'll get to as many as we can. And uh, Connor back to you. Number four. Yeah, my last one, and one that we just bet before the show. I like Richie James over 49 and a half receiving yards. The number's high, I get it. But since week 13, Richie James played a much bigger role in the Giants offense, 79% snap rate or higher every single game. During those four games, he has 61, 42, 90, and 76 receiving yards, averaging eight targets per game. Uh, he had his best game of the season, actually, last time against Minnesota, catching nine of 11 targets for 90 receiving yards. Uh, I expect the Giants to probably have to throw a good bit here. So the matchup's good. He's been used a ton. Um, and I think the Giants are kind of live here in this game. Um, so, you know, I don't know. I think the over here at 49 and a half, while it seems high for a guy like Richie James, is a pretty solid look considering all the other factors. Yeah, Shannon Sullivan is the slot corner for Minnesota. He has been destroyed uh, this season. When you look at some of the PFF stuff uh, with him in coverage, especially with him in coverage in the slot. Uh, it is highest yards per snap. Um, he's seeing a ton of receptions per target, uh, targets per, per snap, all that stuff. Like he is uh, he is a very, very popular target for the opposition when he's covering the slot receiver. So I really like – I like that James play. I thought about it. I almost wrote it up yesterday. What do you like more? It's plus money for over four and a half receptions. It's not a low threshold – you know, five catches. And again, you referenced eight last time. I think he had eight the game before too. He's been prominently involved. I don't know. I kind of, cause he is kind of a low a dot guy too. I know he went for eight for 90, but what are your thoughts? Did you consider that? Cause I, I did. Yeah. So I was going to bet that, but then it went from like plus plus one fifteen, plus one twenty to like even money. And so then I was kind of like, meh, uh, I feel like the yards kind of gives you more outs. If the game gets, you know, if you're only sitting at three receptions and you're at like, you know, 35 yards, like, you know, I'd probably rather at that point have the, have the yardage because uh, I feel like he's just capable to break that in one play against a, a Minnesota secondary. Like you said, most yards per <laughs> whatever yards per target allowed from that slot corner. So um, yeah, I, again, I like plus 115 plus 120. I was really into it, but uh, I don't see that anymore. Maybe there was one shop left with it, but most of the time it looked like it was like closer to even at this point. Yeah, DraftKings, or it looks like, you know, MGM's plus 100. Uh, FanDuel plus 102 would be your best Richie James number. Otherwise, it has moved. Caesars out to minus 123, minus 110 at a lot of, a lot of other spots. So, yeah, I don't 
I like both of them, to be honest. So I think just getting some Richie James on the card, I think makes sense. Uh, however you feel is the best way to do it. All right, Pat, uh, empty the clip. Number four, any other thoughts? What else here? Again, we don't need many thoughts since mostly everything's readily available. So Josh Palmer, 49 and a half, I think is a pretty decent look with Mike Williams now out for the Chargers, but I'm going to pass on that. And I'm going to go with what I've been saying, kind of throwing into same game parlay pieces, Cody Parkinson, 18 and a half yards over. He just continues to eclipse this ever since he became, ever since Will Disley went down. It, I remember the very first week we, we were talking about this and it's like, okay, uh, Noah Fant, he's going to see this huge uptick. And like they had so many injuries at receiver. Then all of a sudden it was like, who the hell is this Parkinson guy? Where did he come from? And he has just been very consistent, 47, 36, 45, each of the past three games when he started to see actual snapshots. Like Gino has some sort of connection with this guy. Maybe it's the long, goofy hair. I don't know. Or maybe it's like, this guy looks like he sucks. Let's not cover him. And he's wide open. So they throw it to him. Like, there's all these different factors that can go into it. Uh, but whatever it might be, this number just seems oddly low for someone who beat this number in the first four of five games to start the year. And he ended it with three straight games beating this number. I like it a lot. Yeah, his band broke up and he just decided to take up football. You know, yeah, he, like, he, he tried to do the Seattle grunge scene in the middle of the season when they had everyone healthy. He's like, well, you don't need me. And then when they called him back, the tour didn't go well. Half the band got COVID. They couldn't practice anymore. So he's back on the field. It's good news for our problem. He didn't realize that the grunge thing stopped like 25 years ago. And so he's like, wait a second. I might as well take up football. I'm pretty big. Say, yeah, for, you're for right. A, for a Stanford guy, you think he would have figured it out after like the eight weeks, but here we are. Yeah. I, I'm surprised. I'm looking at like the raw participation like last two weeks 78 58 like when you're at 70 for tight end like that's that's like the upper echelon guys like really again like kelsey aside like if you're 70 percent and that's more than fans uh fan 58 66 so like they are running a lot of two tight end sets and you know target share has been parkinson over fans um since the increase as well so even on limited snaps the couple of weeks prior he was seeing a pretty high target per route rate so I think there's something to it. Again, this this fits the brand uh, of Pat for the show for sure today is these uh, these nobodies who are going to get there on one catch. So I, I like it. I love Colby Parkinson. He was a touchdown machine at Stanford. Like he was awesome. I actually had him in. I got roped into playing a college football fantasy league uh, like a long time ago, uh, like when he was in college and he was like a stud. Like he was like my best player. Um and I don't, I don't think the rest of my team was very good because I didn't know 90% of the players, but I had him and he was a baller. So I'm in. Man, low threshold just takes maybe the one. So no problem with, uh, with that. I have, uh, see, I'll give a couple. I have one that I played uh, just before we went on, still out there, and it is way off market. Um, it is a book we don't talk about often on the show. It is, uh, you know, not representative of my sweatshirt today, but it is FanDuel. Um, it is, again, Way different than everywhere else. It is Chris Godwin over six and a half receptions. It's minus 122. It's like places that still have six and a half are out to like 150. Um, most places have moved to seven and a half uh, at plus money. So again, this is FanDuel specific. Um, it's been Brady's favorite target for sure. Um, he's the only Bucks receiver with a target per route rate north of 20 to 24% of the season. Last week he barely played and still had six catches on seven targets. 50% target per route rate on like 40% of the snaps. Um, referencing the Shannon Sullivan stuff for Minnesota, their slot corner. This is why I have that tab open because I was looking earlier. Deron Bland is the slot corner 
over the last couple of weeks for the Cowboys. And he has also been a very popular target for the opposition. And it makes sense. You want to stay away from Trayvon Diggs, uh, you know, out wide. His coverage snaps per target is the second highest in the league. His snaps per re- uh, receiving rate, 6.6, second highest in the league. Um, we got Brady in the spots. He's going to throw for, I don't know, projections. Basically, your number is like 42 and a half passing attempts. He's going to drop back 45 times. Godwin's going to be heavily involved. The low A dot stuff would make me want to go receptions over receiving yards. So, yeah, six and a half at minus 122 is still out there and a play that should be made. Six and a half are still out there now on Keenan Allen. That was a play early in the week that's been steamed, obviously, since the Mike Williams news. Um, when I was ta- actually was talking with Feinberg yesterday, and I was asking him kind of about the ancillary pieces on the Chargers, who should we look at if Mike Williams is out? He talked about Donald Parham, and I would give a shout-out to John Daigle. He's been talking about it for three weeks. I know. Well, John Daigle backed it up, did not talk to Feinberg, does not know that I talked to Feinberg about the Parham thing, and, and Daigle pushed that out as a play for us just before we went out there too. Basically, an increased route rate, um, 10 and a half yards. This is like a Mayo play. Uh, yeah. Maybe you're burned. Parham, you're, Parkinson, you're... Ray Ray, Trent Nerwin. Yeah. I mean, you have to parlay all those. I mean, I will if you don't because – uh, I need some skin in the game on on the low threshold guys. I, I honest to God, I think you'd be better off just betting Parham anytime touchdown. Because if he's going to have a catch, it's probably going to be for a touchdown. Yeah, and Jacksonville dead last in DVOA against tight ends on the season, so it's a pretty good matchup. Um, so it just felt like a brand play. Uh, I'm sure you're probably just tired of Jeff talking about uh, Donald Parham, uh, you know, emerging we've been waiting for that for a handful of years so uh that would be that'd be it there's a couple unders on the tackle side i want to touch on real quick again 44.com slash plans you can get a betting sub get in our discord if i put these as official plays you should probably tail them um i haven't bet these yet but there's a few that that make sense and that um i like that are looking nice in projections that i haven't fired at i want to get a logan wilson um, he's a linebacker for the Bengals. Uh, a good number on under nine and a half. It's like basically eight and a half plus money everywhere. Um, it's just too high. I think he's topped it twice all season. The two times have been recent. So I think that that's impacting the number here. And then really bad home scorekeeper situation for um, for the Bengals. Uh, they just they don't give out assists. It's one of the lowest in the, the league. So if we can get a decent price on Logan Wilson under nine and a half tackles, I like that quite a bit. Um, another thing I want to get, I want to play an under on someone on the Dolphins. Their playing time is so hard to nail down. They really don't have anyone that's like very predictable from a playing time standpoint. Um, Elondon Roberts is one of their linebackers. He his, his playing time is so hard to project. It is all over the map. But I looked, and the two times they've played the Bills this season, he's played under 50% of the snaps. So I think it's probably something scheme-wise where they just don't like him in, in this matchup. Maybe they want to go like heavier for like past defense. He's like five and a half at minus 120. I feel like that's too high. Again, maybe again, if he is if he's playing 50% of the snaps, I haven't projected at this number, but I haven't projected for like 65% of the snaps. So I could be way off, and there might be some signal to this playing time versus the Bills thing. It's just two games, it's the problem. So you can't really. He played for the Patriots the last couple of years. I don't have a lot of data points on it, but that's another number. And then in the same game, Matt Milano, linebacker for the Bills, 
under seven and a half, I think is a good look. I have him at six. Uh, if I, you know, I play around with the plays in that game and he's still like six and a quarter. He's had some other good games recently, which I think is inflating the number and the bills don't offer a lot of assist as well. And so the only problem is like some of the matchup stuff is with Tua and not with Skylar Thompson. So I worry about how to really pull some of that Miami stuff forward, but those are three unders that are projecting really well for me that I haven't fired at that. I might uh, just want to put those out there for more people. If you want to consider, maybe those are pretty good prize picks plays. If you want to throw them in and, you know, build a three-legger there on the underside, it won't kill any of our really strong overplays. So there you go. For each, we gave you like, I don't know, 20 plays here today. So good stuff. It's it's exciting to be back with the full member, like weeks two and three. It's like, huh, every prop is out on a Friday. This is great. Easy. Yeah. Last couple of weeks, it was just a list of guys that I would love to see tackles that never came because they just wouldn't post any tackles. And then this week they put tackles out on Tuesday. I was not prepared. I'm trying to put finishing position bets in for the Sony open. And I get uh, alerts that tackles are coming. Projections weren't even done. So good place to be. All right. Uh, we're going to handle some questions that you have in the chat. Again, we'll hang out for a little bit. If you have some, let us know. And uh, let's see where we're at. Appreciate you guys hanging out. Prop boys. Let's see. Uh, Sam's talking about like in the Mitchell play. I'm sure about the rain. He's talking about um, there might be some people saying that it might actually stop before game time. I don't think Connor, I'll speak for you that the handicap is tied to the rain, but again, it can't hurt. Yeah. It doesn't really matter that much. I mean, just adds to maybe the Niners run it a couple extra times. If that's the case, but I don't imagine them deciding to go pass heavy with Brock Purdy here in his first playoff game ever. So I, I highly doubt that. Yeah. Um, Unprop related. This is a tough scene for the Bears. Um, 32nd pick overall for Chase Claypool in hindsight ends up being a pretty rough trade. Um, who who doesn't have their first pick? Miami. Oh, yeah, that's right. So technically, it'll be the 33rd pick, but it'll be the 30, 32nd selection. Yeah, yeah. That's pick 22, 21-22. Uh, did you hear no the, uh, Did you see the quote from one of our chats, Noonan, that uh, Chase Claypool hates Justin Fields? No. And that he doesn't like he doesn't. Well, I mean, we already knew that he doesn't even know the playbook and that's why he like, wasn't playing. And there was some rift in the locker room or something. And then someone's literally just came out and said, yeah, he, he hates Justin Fields. So would not be surprised. Um, complete disaster of a trade so far. Uh, Derek wants to know better to take Richie James yards or plus four and a half yards in a head to head with Darius Slayton. I would not play any yardage props with Darius Slayton. I think you're just inviting more variance with something like this. Um, yeah, yeah. Guys kind of think that, yeah, I would just go with the Richie James play isolated. It's like a parlay that you don't get paid for anything, right? Cause you're essentially betting on two separate things to happen. Um, and then I think what Pat's maybe getting at too is Slayton is a big play guy. So like you can lose the Slayton side and have again, a really good handicap. You could get significantly less volume than Richie James or Isaiah Hodges and can get there on one or two catches because a lot of his a dot stuff is just significantly further downfield. So um, yeah, I kind of, kind of agree there. Uh, Lucas wants to know, this is one I like here as well. TJ Hawkinson over four and a half receptions. Dude has just been a monster since signing giants have really struggled against tight ends all season. He's very heavily involved. Um, I think price is pretty normal. I don't think there's anything prohibitive here. Let me see where we're at on Hawkinson. Yeah. I mean, minus 115 on DraftKings. 105 on MGM, um, pretty straight across the board. Connor, any thoughts on Hawkinson? 
Uh, he there also their matchup here um, against the Giants are one of they're the one of the worst at defending the tight end right now. Hawkinson already had I believe it was like ten for a hundred or something like that last time around. Um, I mean, just went absolutely went off, and that was despite the Vikings leading like the entire game or most of the game. So they like still decided not to run the ball. They wanted to pass. So yeah, I think Hawkinson overs are very squarely in play, and we also know that they're going to be blitzing a ton. They didn't play as much man last time as you mentioned, but uh, I think that Hawk the combo of Hawkinson and Jefferson. It's kind of been able to beat them, beat that like blitz man, you know, combo that was basically the death of Kirk Cousins for the first eight to 10 weeks before they got Hawkinson. Since then, he's actually been pretty solid against those combos. So that's what the Giants do a bunch of. I think the over is a good look. I haven't found anything overly compelling outside of his last results, though, to be like, oh, this is a great play. You know what I mean? Because I, 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 I lean have over something but... against it. Oh, let's hear it. Let's hear Irv it. Irv Smith. You think he plays much? I mean, he played 45% of the snaps last week. Yeah, that's fair. Like, if he just, like, and listen, I'm not saying, like, oh, man, Irv Smith's back. What about Hawkinson? Hawkinson's going to play, but if we can, and I know if the Vikings rest of their starters, that's why Irv ended up playing so much. Johnny Muntz was above 40% last week for the Vikings, too. But even if it just goes from a situation where, listen, they're not asking Irv to block. We know that. So if Irv is on the field, like, it's just a, like something just on the edges to take away from Hawkinson. If you understand the, the point I'm trying to make here. Yeah. It's, it's probably, you know, there's more outs for it failing with hot, with, you know, Irv being active than there were a couple weeks ago in the matchup that we're referencing where he went off against them. So yeah, like, what, if, been... what if it's three targets and those come directly at the expense of Hawkinson, then sure. it's not great. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's not good. Yeah. Makes sense. Good call. Um, yeah. I still, I, Hawk, I would still, it's not an underplay for me. I would still lean over, but um, I get, you know, Pat poking a pretty good hole in that too. Uh, Luke is asking about digs over six and a half receptions plus 210. I mean, it's it, it's plus 110. He, he, he later corrected himself in the chat because plus 210 would be uh, very fire. nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's what I'm like, wait a second. We didn't have it starred here to talk about him. I'm like, wait a second. Um, yeah. I mean, I would think the hole in it would be just, them not needing it but again like he's been so he's been really involved the last couple of weeks there's been i think some squeaky wheel narrative around digs getting involved more and that happened quite a bit the last last week i mean even their first drive um where we didn't see the full game obviously in the cincinnati game uh but yeah he was peppered in that game too um all right where are we at on rayshon jenkins tackles and assists six and a half on prize picks i haven't projected right on that number we were betting Rayshon jenkins heavily at four and a half the books have adjusted uh six and a half is a good number though i did play his teammates foyer luacon um over ten and a half that got nuked uh but ten and a half is still available on prize picks if you want to play luacon who i think is he led the league in tackles again two years in a row i think the mike williams news actually helps the i think shorter a dot more Keenan Allen, more Austin Eckler working over the middle of the field. Uh, Lua Khan has been an absolute beast. 12.7 tackles per game over the last like seven weeks. Um, you know, multiple like 14, 15 tackle games. He's a stud. For sure. Something that I like to do on this show because it's fun and I haven't gotten to do in a while. We have some breaking news mid-show. Tyler Huntley, full participant and will be the starter from my understanding. Gus Edwards clears concussion protocol will also be playing. So two pretty big shifts there from what we were looking at on 
I guess, you know, a couple of days ago where we thought Anthony Brown was going to be the starter and that Gus Edwards is likely going to be out. So J.K. Dobbins props right now, 13 and a half carries, 61 rushing yards. I think it's down to 59. Uh, I'm not sure I can still stomach the under, but I can see it. Uh, but with with Huntley in, I feel like the, the Ravens have a little bit more life than with Anthony Brown. I don't know. Any anything stand out there? Are you going to go to Andrews props? I mean, those were going to we thought were going to be money and they were not money uh, when he came in. He's been so bad. I mean, I think it probably helps them. Just, you know, he's better than Anthony Brown, but he's not good and he has not been good. So it doesn't really change much of anything for me. I took a really fishy, big, chunky money line parlay with, you know, the Bengals, Niners, and Bills this weekend. So I laid a lot, uh, eating, you know, taking the juice, but I just I can't see those teams losing. So here we are. Fishy, fishy money line parlays. Love it. Love it. And then yeah. we got Brian Sullivan uh, chiming in here. Scout I know on Pitt says Claypool, biggest jerk slash lazy. You know what? I don't even know if that's true or not, Brian, but I'm going to, because it's confirmation bias, I absolutely love it and appreciate the comment. Uh, question from uh, Sam. Shout out, Sam. Uh, where was Pat able to same game parlay tackles? 365 or were you somewhere else? 365? Son of a bitch, 365. It's just... Move to Indiana just to have access to 365. Jersey? Yeah. Yeah. You'd rather move to Indiana than New Jersey? It's just closer. And I wouldn't want to live in either of Like you're really interested in like fucking your cousin or something like that? (laughs) (laughs) It's a pretty popular Indiana. uh, It is. It's. I believe it's the state bird of Indiana. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I lived in Jersey. I like Jersey. So. Yeah. I don't know. I've been to Jersey a few times. Maybe I've been to the bad parts of the States. Uh not not great, but you're your closer to a Atlantic big city. city. Uh no, Atlantic City is trash though. Too, yeah, no, yeah. no one should ever go to Atlantic City. Is just no. my word of word of caution. No, I've never been. I, how is it? It's horrible. Uh, it's, a it's it's really depressing. <laughs> yeah, it's not great. It's like Vegas, but if everything was geared towards the saddest people on earth. <laughs> yeah. So you've been to the Horseshoe, right? In Indiana. Yeah, I've to, been there. Yeah. So it's, like it's basically like the horseshoe, but like bigger. There's more of it. We're getting some, uh, the people are not happy in the chat about the, you know, who's your name? Is it New Jersey resident? I can back Indiana from Kyle, Sam C. Hammond, Indiana. We do not fuck our cousins. and definitely don't have three, six, five. So <laughs> I mean, if, I, a, if I was really concerned about the opinion of people from Indiana, I'm guessing they wouldn't live in Indiana. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we're, uh, we're close. We're close to Indiana. I, you know, I, I don't mind going to the horseshoe. Yeah, you, guys, you guys live in fat Toronto. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. It's you can a, just it's, on it's, the other side like, of the state you, border. Have, it's rough. Have you guys been to Toronto? I have. I yeah, like Toronto. Like it's, it, it's, it's set up exactly like Chicago. Like it looks like Chicago, except it's way cleaner and not everyone's super fat. Correct. It's way cleaner. It's nice. Yeah. It's nice. The grid's very easy. Yeah. I love Toronto. Under yeah. Underrated and, city. And I love Chicago. Don't get me wrong. I really like it. It's very familiar for me. Like, and you can fly from like the, they have the, the sister connection of the cool, like in the city airports. Like you can fly from the city airport in Toronto. That's in the lake to Midway. And like, just it's super easy. Midway's a shithole too, though. Yeah. But it's convenient to fly into. Yeah. For you sure. Someone like, Hey, they need a ride. They pick me up from, the airport like you're or you can just like get get a car from the airport like some non-weirdo 
Oh my god, I, that's the one thing I boycott against is people are like, "Can you pick me up from the airport?" I'm like, "No, get a fucking Uber." Like, you know, I'll pay for yeah. your Uber. I'm not going to drive an hour and a half for like 40 minutes each way, you know, whatever to go through traffic. And then also, my friends and I beef about Midway versus O'Hare. I'm a big O'Hare proponent because they have just better everything there, except it's way more crowded. Um, so that they say that Midway is a lot better. I don't know. It's Chicago beef, but it's a big deal, you know. Well, I just I just flying from those two cities in particular, like there's oh, yeah. only one airline that flies to Midway from Toronto, and it's the Toronto City Airline. So like that airport oh, is downtown okay. Toronto. Like to get out to basically Pearson is like O'Hare. It's just a giant international with like nine terminals that it takes like an hour to get out there. Like I can take an Uber to the city airport in 10 minutes from my house. Or I was, I don't live there now. My wife's in-laws live basically a, I don't know, three quarters pitching wedge away from one of the uh, landing strips at O'Hare. Like literally like it's the one of the last couple of houses you see as you land um it is you get used to it but uh yeah we're it's it's o'hare for us they live in in a place where i didn't even know people lived like they have a population of like 500 because it's like right by the airport and all these like insane shops and everything in rosemont it's like it's pretty wild yeah well how far is o'hare airport from the indiana state line like could your cousin come pick you up (laughs) (laughs) uh yeah your cousin could come pick you up yeah o'hare's you know that's far man it's like an hour yeah. and a half. Yeah, if you're coming from Indiana, you're going to Midway, probably. You're probably. Oh, I'm dead. Good. Sam, Kyle, sorry. Uh, it's a good bit, though. And you got to know it's not the first time you've heard that from out-of-staters. I'm sorry, guys. Uh, we didn't make any Gary jokes. No Gary Indiana jokes, which those are also low-hanging fruit. No, so those are sad. They're really sad. Uh, yeah. Everything you go into in Gary Indiana has got like a, you know, leave your gun uh in the car sign on the door if you go to like a, a fast food drive through like there's no actual like things that pop open you have to do it like the old school bank stuff because they don't want you to be able to like get access through you got to put your money into it's like yeah it's not not great not great in gary indiana so home of michael jackson though jackson five shout out to gary indiana and the uh you know sewer plant or whatever else poison they have coming through the air of gary indiana uh, so sorry not a great show for indiana i apologize but uh, hey, that's what you get for the colts being trash yeah you gave us larry bird i appreciate that so that's really all i can do for you so all right gentlemen appreciate it as always uh pat where can everyone find your stuff the Mayo Media Network on the YouTubes, the Pat Mayo Experience audio podcast. If you search on Spotify or Stitcher or, or Apple Podcasts, for sure, it's definitely going to pop up. I just finished my DraftKings pick show for the Sunday slate and showdown slate on Monday with my guy Tambo. So we broke all of that down. And plus golf Sunday, Monday, and Wednesday. Football Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday until the end of football. So then you're not going to see me for a while. Good. Take a vacation. Yeah. Much earned, much deserved. Uh, Connor props. Um, where are you at? Are you feeling like your cards full or are we going to fire some more stuff? Get a little bit more. Uh, yeah, I got I got I'm writing another SGP article for bleacher nation. You know, I've been firing off some 20 to one same game parlays, uh, you know, right up my normal alley. Now the exact opposite, but I, I do think it's been, been forcing me to like dive even deeper into some of these trends. So the Richie James one is one that I ended up like kind of finding through that, that I was going to play regardless. Uh, probably have one or two more. Um, I get scared of taking unders and playoffs because it's just like 
do or die for these guys. Like some of these guys just become beasts, you know, in the playoffs, which I know they're trying the whole year too, but there's like sometimes extra for some of these guys. So it is a little scary, but I'm going to stick with my brand, keep playing unders and just now at this point, ridiculous alt overs as well. Love it. That's why I'm leaning over in the tackles. Anyway, I project typically lower plays per game. Anyway, um, I'm very conservative on the plays for the projections. That way, if I'm lower on plays and it over pops in the projections, then I feel like it's an even better play because then there's, I still have, I think a little bit of a range of outcomes up in terms of projected plays per game. So, uh, all right, gentlemen, good stuff as always. Appreciate it. Again, um, two episodes per week. We appreciate it. Subscribe, rate and review, leave a review on the audio podcast goes a long way in helping us out a ton too. And then four for four bets on the YouTube channel. Uh, we have unique content there shorts again, covering other sports, college hoops, uh, NBA, MMA, all that stuff. So for Connor and Pat, I'm Ryan. We'll see you all next week. Good luck, everyone.